man. I'm excited. Um, Jen just said this to me, and I just pass it along to you. Man, it's just a reminder that the Bible says that with the same peace that he's comforted you, that you'll be able to comfort others. And see, there's something about when you go through something. I, You know, thank God what the Bible says. In fact, if you don't know it, the most read uh, chapter in the entire Bible is Psalms 23. But the good news is it wasn't ever meant to be a funeral verse. Right? It says, yea, though I walk. Boy, in that key. That I walk through the valley of shadow of death. That, that word shadow of death there actually means, yea, that I walk through the valley of experiences. And the good news is, is after I come through, guess what? God will use me and anoint me to uh, help other people in that same area. In Jesus' name. So, so listen, eternally, as we just get started today, internally, meaning as a staff, we've been referring to this month as Vision Month. The reason we've been calling it that is simply because over the next month, including today, we want to share some some super exciting news to you just about the forward direction and uh, the forward movement of our church. And, and how many of you guys know that, man, I said it last week, that uh, healthy churches grow, right? And, and, and growth always brings change. You, you know, we have to be a people that live with an open hand. You, you know, I love something that, that Pastor Brian and Miss Leah say a lot. They pray this, and it's out of Revelations. But, Father, give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. You cannot pray that prayer if you want to be stuck. Right? Because you can only pray that prayer if you're willing to really hear from God and really willing to move with what He's doing. Amen? And so, listen, it is not God's will for anybody in this life to get stuck in spiritual quicksand. And, I, and I'll say it this way. In fact, I used to... Hopefully this isn't too crude and don't mess with people, but I used to travel with an evangelist. He used to say this, that, that the church has become spiritually constipated and it needs a movement. <laughs> and, uh, and so, man, l- listen, I'm telling you that God is moving and it's just up to us to move with him. Amen. Because he's an unstoppable God. He don't stop for anybody. He's moving and we need to get with him. Amen. Awesome. So listen, this can sound maybe really bold, but I believe in in years to come that we're going to be able to look back at 2018 and we're going to be able to say without a shadow of a doubt, man, that was a significant turning point in the life of our church. And so, so once again, I I just, I'm just telling you, I'm I'm just, let me maybe say it this way. As your pastor, I'm asking you just over the next few weeks, man, please, please, please do your absolute best to be here so you can hear that everything that God wants to do and he's desiring to do, everything God is inviting us into, because something I've learned about God is simply this, is that uh, he doesn't want something from us. He just wants something for us. And so as we move forward, I'm telling you, do not miss it because God is trying to get something for you. He's trying to put it it's simply this. And it's said this way. Come on, brother. Help me out real quick. We're just rolling. Hold that with both hands. Don't let me hurt you. All right. You're a tough guy. So, so listen, if, if I, if I, if he's us and I'm God and, and, and I, and I try to throw this at him, is he going to be able to catch it? No, why? Because he's holding on to something. It's not until we take where we're at and say, God, I'm with an open hand. I release it to you. Can God really begin to release what his hand and throw it to us? Are you with me? That's where we're at right now. Okay. So, amen. You did amazing. Baseball's in your future. And uh, I hate baseball. Anyways. All right. So I do, man. That's a boring sport. Let's pray. Good deal. Father, we thank you today that it is indeed a new season in this place in Jesus' name. And Father, that's exciting. God, we don't want to be people, God, that get, that get caught, you know, left behind. God, we want to be people who are stride for stride with you. And so, Lord, today we just pray that you would grab a hold of our hearts. And God, we want to run with you in Jesus' name. So, Father, thank you for your anointing. Thank you for just how awesome these people are. Thank you for open hearts in this place to receive all that you have today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. By the way, worship team, great job this morning. That was good. Um, 
So listen, if you're taking to- uh, notes this morning, I'm about to say if you're taking totes this morning, but if you're taking notes this morning, man, today's message is simply this. It's called the anchored life, the anchored life. Just real quick, out of curiosity, by a show of hands, how many of you guys were here last week? If you can, just wave at me. Awesome. You, you guys that were here last week, you're awesome. You guys that weren't here last week, you're awesome too. So, so we want to do this real quick, and, and maybe this might sound redundant for a lot of you, but uh, I just feel like if we don't grab a hold of this, this next month isn't going to really, uh, all the dots aren't going to connect. So what I want to do is I want to kind of take a step back into last week, kind of get everybody all together so we can run forward today and uh, tell you guys some really cool things. So anyways, we said this last week, and uh, like I said, this may be a repeat for some of you guys, but we said this. We said that God is a God of new beginnings. So true. And we know this is true because every time God visited a person in the Bible, once again, that signified the end of one season and the beginning of the next. And examples of this that we talked about last week, we said that when God visited Moses at the burning bush, it was a new beginning. That when God, uh, you know, showed up and Jacob wrestled with him, it was a new beginning. When Jesus appeared to Saul, who we know as Paul, on the road to Damascus, man, that was a new beginning. And what I love about this is literally in those examples, God physically stepped into their lives. And uh, just for one purpose, so he could shut one door and he can open up another one in their lives. And so, listen, if you've ever been there, and I, and I know all kinds of people here have, but where God has literally brought us into a new beginning in our lives, th- then you know from experience that what sustained you in your past season no longer has the abilities to sustain you in the new season, much less propel you forward in success. Is that not true? In other words, it's like this. It's like... When I was five years old in the Lord, man, I had a certain amount of revelation, a certain amount of faith, a certain amount of just of what I knew in the kingdom. That five years in the kingdom would not allow me to do what I do now. Right? So, so, so what I, you know, now here's what's awesome about God. Does he build on that? Yes, he builds on that. Yes, he uses that. But he's always moving us from faith to faith to glory to glory so he can get us to where we're going. And watch this. I want you to know today that, you know, listen, the same thing can be said for every person that you'll ever read about from Genesis to Revelation. They had to go into a new season. They had to grow so they could be successful in that new season. Amen. So, so listen, it doesn't really matter today if your name's Moses, if your name's Jacob, or if you're the Apostle Paul, or maybe uh, you're Lindley, or maybe you're Kim, or whatever your name is. Maybe you're Bill and Susie uh, Sweetwater from Rockport, Maine, whatever your name is. At the end of the day, when God transitions us out of one season into another one, it will require us to have an upgrade. Can somebody say upgrade? Listen, I personally believe that quote-unquote upgrade can be broken down. It's what we really talked about last week. That can be broken down into five phases. I'm going to give you a quick overview, and then we're going to grab some traction and move forward. So five phases a new season will require of every one of us. Number one, so I said last week, a personal experience. Literally, that every life shift requires us to have an identity shift or an upgrade in how we inwardly see ourselves. You know, I know, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is, right? So if we're going to be successful in this new season, then we have to be able to see ourselves and carry ourselves different than we've ever carried ourselves before. Second thing that it requires, I want you to notice that there is, that there is a natural progression in each one of these, that, that there's a natural overlapping, that they all kind of connect, they all kind of, uh, you, you know, work its way with each other. So first one is personal discovery. Second one is a maturing. What I mean by that is, is uh, a, a new season requires us to have a greater clarity of what we believe and how we communicate or how we minister what we believe. And if you are aware of this or not, the, the revelation that you have of what you believe and then how you minister what you believe really will determine how effective you are in your new season. 
Yes, once again, my five years old in the Lord wouldn't do me that much good up here right now. Right? Y'all would look at me and say, okay, move on, little fella. So the third thing that happens in, in basically new seasons is a testing. In each season, you and I will be required to walk through new challenges and overcome new obstacles. And the truth is, is if I'm not grounded in my identity, if I'm not grounded in what I believe, I want you to know this one will be absolutely impossible. There, there, there's this. Here's what happens to people who don't know their identity and don't know what they believe. They come to a new obstacle and they try their best to go around it. And God has never called us to round it like we just said a while ago. Psalms 23, he's called us to go through it. Amen. So the fourth thing here, the fourth phase is, is man, we got to be in agreement with God. And like we said last week, every season has an Amos 3.3 moment attached to it. And if you don't know what Amos 3.3 says, it simply says this. How can two walk together unless they be in agreement? So in our lives as we're moving with God, guess what? It will require us to, to take our thinking and our believing and our behavior and allow God to begin to shift those things so we can ultimately be in agreement with him. It's, that, it's this thing in life where you go, God says literally, what you thought about yourself, what you believed in the past season, how you acted in the the past season, it no longer is, is I no longer approve of it for the new season that you're in. Because you see, what happens is, is people get saved, right? And, and, and they go, well, I'm not doing X, Y, and Z anymore. And then they, and then what happens is, is this, is you move on in the Lord. Listen to me, please. I need you to understand that, that, you know, when I first got saved, I messed up with a few things. To this day, if I'm not praying like I should, I'm just as convicted as I was about smoking pot, (laughs) Are y'all hearing me? Because what happens is, is God's, God's maturing keeps coming and it keeps coming and, and those things fall off and, he, and He's requiring more of us. The fifth one is this. Fifth one is active obedience. Each season has new assignments built into it that only we, get that, that only we can accomplish. After all, this is the whole purpose of a new season, right? Is that God wants to do something great through you for the kingdom of God. That's good news, right? So this fifth phase is really where the rubber meets the road. Number one through number four is simply preparation that will allow us to activate our faith in a place that we've never had to activate it before. It's literally, it's it's, it's this, this culmination effect. We get to number five where we put our toe in the Red Sea and we have a Red Sea moment, things split. So we go to the battlefield and we see Goliath standing across from us and we grab our sling and our stone. That's what we're talking about. That God says, you know what, I require something of you. You killed the bear, you killed the lion, now you get to kill Goliath. Amen. It takes greater measures of faith. All right, so I said all that, say this. Here we go. Y'all ready? It is, don't miss this. So think about everything we just said and let's look forward. That in the same way God will lead us in and out of seasons personally, He will also do that corporately in the life of a church. Y'all get that? In other words, it was like, I'll use an example this way. When you look at the Bible, you see God moved on one person's heart. He spoke to Moses, but it didn't just affect Moses. It affected the entire nation. And that's what we're talking about today, that it's more than just one singular person. Yes, new seasons are happening for us individually, but as a whole, as the family of God that's in Rockport, Maine, God is moving us in a new direction. So listen, basically today, I just want you guys to know that as a leadership team, we've been talking, we've been praying about some stuff for for like a year now. And and we really believe that, man, it was just a timing thing, waiting on God. But we believe definitely that 2018 is a a year of transition, that we're entering a a new season, a new beginning. And if I can maybe uh, say it this way, the fact that November the 9th, that we had the ability to, you know, put a down payment and actually say we own this building now. Y'all hear me? Listen, that the, the previous 13 and a half years, we were renters. And, that, and now God's saying, I'm going to let you own something 
Because Why? Because I'm going to let you put your stake in the ground. I'm going to let you claim territory. And you say, this is God's house. Yeah. Do, do understand that, that this little... That this little five acres that we have here, that it may seem small, but man, it's a footprint of God in a really dark place. Amen. And and the way God moves is, guess what? He gets a little and he begins to move out. And we're just believing that in Jesus' name. So there was a... uh, a mark that yes, God let us ha- you know let us have a building. Now we have to change our mindsets from being renters to owners, and now we got to make this place look like something that would bring Him glory and honor. We'll, we'll get there in weeks ahead. But but there's also this piece that we understand that that it was significant because yes, it was more than physically, but it's also spiritually. And I want you to know that this year, 2018, God has given us an opportunity together as a family to walk through those five phases once again together. And, and I don't know about you guys, but that scares the mess out of me, but it also excites me a whole lot, right? I love, um, I don't know a whole lot about the guy, but I, I love a quote by John Wimber that said this. He simply said, how do you spell faith? R-I-S-K, risk. And anything with God, there's going to be a risk involved, amen? Anything. So listen, so today what I want to do is I want to hit the rewind button. And, and I want us to look at the first of those five phases. And once again, that was personal discovery, personal discovery. If you were here last week, you remember this. We said all throughout the Bible, God changed people's names to help them to get a hold of their new identities. Is that not true? We just, you know, we mentioned one earlier, but we'll say them again. Examples that you had Abram, which meant father. God changed his name to Abraham, which meant father of many nations. God was wanting his identity to catch up with his destiny. Right? We had, we had Jacob. Once again, a meant deceiver. We know he wrestled with God, had that new beginning. And he said, God bless me. And God changed his name to Israel. It means one who wrestles with God and prevails, but also means prince of God. And, and guess what? Once again, God was trying to get his identity to match his destiny. And here's what I love about that piece right there is because once again, to this day, it didn't mark just one fellow's life. There's a whole nation of Israel, right? What changed in that one individual changed a nation, for, for history, for eternity, right? Isn't that awesome? That literally was God's people. We, obviously, we mentioned last week, Simon became Peter. If you don't know this, Simon, one of, the, one of the wordings of it means a broken reed, a flimsy broken reed that just goes with the wind. And then God names him Peter, which means rock and solid. Because once again, this is who he was in himself, and this is who he was in Jesus. It's his destiny. Amen. And then, and then obviously the last one we mentioned last week was uh, Saul became Paul. We know Saul means, basically means one that's puffed up, one that's arrogant, one that's the big shot. And he changed his name to Paul, which means a lowly one, because it took humility to write three-fourths of the New Testament, right? So once again, destiny. So obviously we, we all know this, that God didn't do all this for, for no reason. I've said it for two years, man. God is an intentional God. He does everything on purpose. He says what he means, and he means what he says. And so, once again, the point that I'm trying to make here is is that God's purpose for changing their names was because he was trying to connect their identity with their new assignment. And if I could put that another way, that God literally changed their name so he could release them into a greater measure of their destiny. He released them into a greater measure of direction. He released them into a greater direction of clarity, a greater direction of vision, a greater direction of confidence, and then most of all, a greater measure of fruitfulness in the kingdom. Amen? All right, so let's reel it in. For us as a church, obviously we're walking to a new beginning. We said that about 8,000 times already this morning. Uh, 
if you didn't get it. They say repetition's the best teacher. Right? So, hey, so in a real practical way, what does a shift in the area of personal discovery look like for us as a church? Obviously, we said already that has to do with our identity, and more specifically, it deals with the name. So part of the exciting news that we've been waiting to tell you guys is as a leadership team, a piece that we've been praying about and just seeking God's heart on is this, is that, God, do you want to change the name of the church? And as a leadership team, you know, we go back to what it says in Acts. That seems good to us and the Holy Spirit that we believe God wants to change the name of the church. Pretty cool, right? So it's exciting. Today is really this, just simply this. As a family, I want you to know the process that we took to get there. So let's just start here. So, listen, as most of you guys know, almost 14 years ago now, I think it's, I think it's in February, it's 14 years, Pastor Brian and Miss Leah with their, with their four beautiful children, I give that because some of them are in here, it's just beautiful children. Anyways, they answered the call of God to move to the Rockport, Camden area to plant a church that would be a, a spirit-led church. And, uh, you, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's a big move. Brian is from here. Leah's not. And so, man, it's a big move to come to come back here. Trust me. I knew where they were at before. It's a big move to step out from God. You, you got to hear from God to step out of the comfort zone that we had to, to be able to come here and to go, let's start from nothing, right? And, and so from the, from the very inception of the church, some of the things like faith-filled prayers that believe God could do anything, Y'all hear that last word, anything. That authentic praise and worship and, and most definitely honest and a humble approach to preaching the word, seeing the best in people, living with a mindset that God wants to bless us. Man, those things were just a few of the main staples, few of the things that characterized this church that truthfully, you, you know, I don't say it's from arrogance, but truthfully made it, made it different than any other expression that any other church was giving in this community. Right, and that's a huge step, yes, and and so kind of a kind of a of a all of that was kind of under a overarching thing of something that Pastor Brian spoke a lot into, prayed a lot about, but it was all rooted in John ten ten. Once again, we even prayed it earlier for the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, a super abundant life. And so, you know, for the last 14 years, you know, what was in their heart, man, God brought to fruition the fact that, man, people have been able to come to this place or whatever building they were in to celebrate the life that Jesus came to bring. Man, listen to me, y'all. To understand statistically, wasn't planning on saying this, but statistically, nine out of ten attempts to start a church fail. So you're sitting in a, in a 10% Jesus, 100% miracle. Amen? And that's because, that's because two people were willing to pay the price and pay the sacrifice and just go, God, we believe in you. Amen? So, you know, kind of my hope is, is that those marks, and you know, the things that really distinguish this place to be who we are, my hope is, is that those things will never change, right? It's kind of like this, if you can understand that today is not a day about removing ancient boundaries. It's about, it's about the opportunity of standing on someone's shoulder so you can see further and reach higher than we've ever reached before. Amen. To understand that today's a day about God allowing us to have a greater reach than we've ever had in this community. You you know, there's that understanding from a biblical standpoint that that if Moses never carried the rod, Joshua couldn't have carried the sword. Right? And so, once again, Moses brought him out, Joshua brought him in. There's a part that, man, that God plays in the transition zone, right? The handoff zone that, man, it's just, it's amazing. It's supernatural. So, anyway, so let's Let's kind of fast forward a bit. About two years ago, Jen and I 
both began to feel a, you know, separately. We weren't talking about it. We both began to feel a, a strong impression from the Lord that God wanted to give this place a new identity. He wanted to shift the identity. He wanted to, just like those people in the Bible, he wanted to connect our new identity with our new assignment, with our new season. And, you know, for most of you guys that know us and know our story, you know how important Pastor Brian and Miss Leah have been to us. The truth is, you know, I say this, I believe what I'm about to say with all of my heart. There's no way that we would be here, not only physically, but, but spiritually, emotionally, mentally, that we would not be where we're at today. Our marriage would not be where it's at today if it wasn't for them having a significant voice in our lives. And, and, and so, you know, when it comes to, yes, there's that understanding that, you know, so much of who we are has been what they've deposited in our lives, but also the fact in a physical way that there's no way that we could come and be the pastors of this church if those guys didn't pave the way, if they didn't do the hard part, if they didn't, you know, it's like, I'll say it like this, we're getting to do what the Bible says, we're getting to reap where another person has sown, and that's something that we don't take lightly. Right. And, and so if you can imagine and, you, you know, and I won't go all into it, but if you can imagine the, the the emotions and the thoughts and the dialogue with God that comes up when God begins to say, hey, I want you to change something that they founded. That's I, you know, I'm like, God, that's not something I signed up for. Right. Because, you know, I, I don't want you guys to, to miss this. There's nothing in our hearts that ever want to do anything that would dishonor them or their legacy ever. Ever, ever, ever. I've tried to make it a, a point that that man over there, he's the guy that planted the church. And as long as I'm the pastor of this church, I'm going to honor him for who he is. Right? Because once again, you know, it's, it's more about, it's more than a position for me. It's, it's who I am personally. Right? And so more than maybe anybody in my life, there's much, much, much I owe to him. So, so you understand, though, you have this open dialogue with the Lord. Lord, I'm not sure if I want to do this. But as you go months and, man, that impression from the Lord doesn't lift, th- then after a while you got to go, okay, i got to do something with this. <laughs> right? Have you ever had God kind of mess with you and it's like, man, it's just it's like water dripping. It just won't leave you alone, right? <laughs> and, and, so, and so anyways, I begin to do what I've done for almost 20 years. I just begin to pray. I just say, God, if this is really you, then you're going to have to be the one that's going to do it because I'm not. I'm not going to force anything to happen. And, and so, you, you know, I, I'll, I'll just say this, and this is really cool, and this means a lot to me. Hopefully, it'll mean something to you. But at the same time that I felt like God was doing that, I would come here, and I would walk in a circle in this room and pray. And I felt like God dropped uh, several things in my heart that I needed to pray about kind of at the, during that same time. And it's unique how it all unfolded because God's a whole lot smarter than me. But, but I, I simply was asking this. I said, God, would you give us a church that returns back to basically biblical Christianity? And not the American version of it. Right? You, you know, as a pastor, I think sometimes it's really easy to get so irritated uh, of the, the form of Christianity that we have in our nation because it's so contrary to the word. <laughs> right? And, and so, you know, my heart was, okay, God, get, you know, and I would name certain things. God, help us go back to biblical Christianity. The, the second thing I was praying, and it was really birthed out of a, I don't even remember one day I, I, I read this, and man, I just, I would come in, I came in here with this one, but I just, Cried and cried and cried. Jesus, you got to do something. You know, when you find out that the number one cause of death in our, in our state is what? It's opiates. And the only thing that I could pray in that line was, God, give us hope. Because, that, God, these people don't have hope. 
So Jesus, will you please give us hope, right? And uh, the, the, the third thing I prayed in this, I say, okay, God, if you're going to change the name of the church, then I'm going to simply ask you to do something. Will you give us a name that fits the region? And will you give us a name? This is huge for me. G- give us a name that a believer and a non-believer can both relate to. You know, so often I think in the church world, and, and this is just a, a tidbit for you guys. We go out in the world and we try to connect with people, but we speak a language that they do not understand. Okay? And so, and so you know, we do that as churches. People drive by, see the name of our church, and they don't understand what it means. You know, and I wanted someone, okay, God, will you, will you give us a name that somebody uh, that people can understand? Let, let me maybe give you an example here. I think I told you this before. But I knew a guy that man, radically got saved. He was doing street evangelism and, uh, down at Five Point South in Birmingham, Alabama. And he walked up to this guy. He said, are you saved, sanctified, washed in the blood of the Lamb? <laughs> the dude just came out of a bar. <laughs> okay? So, but so often, that, that's the way we, we have Christianese, our witness wear, our whatever. We, we, you know, we, we do things, man, that's so funny. And what happens is, is I understand that we're of a different world, but, we, but, but let's not act. Let's connect with people. Amen? And so that kind of prayer was birthed from that, that aspect. So what happened was, is, you know, a few months later, I was in the, the back back there, literally about to walk into my office, and, and out of absolutely nowhere, and that's typically the way God speaks to me because I finally shut up long enough so he can talk to me. And, um, and so I was, I was walking, and man, out of nowhere, and it's kind of the way, it's almost like God just slaps me back in the head. And I just hear something, and, and, and I heard the word anchor. And I, and I okay, all right, I, I knew it had to do with the name of the church. But I didn't really know what to do with it. And the truth be known, I was like, God, I don't even know if I like it. Is that okay to say that? Jen told me not to say that, but she's smart. She's smart. But, but, but you know, it's kind of like, you're like, Lord, I just don't, you know, because you, you kind of get in your head kind of what you think. And then when God says something, that's kind of when you know it's not him because it's nothing was on your radar. And, and so, but the difference was is, the thoughts that we had, there was no touch of heaven on it. None. Absolutely none. Sounded cool, but no touch of heaven. And, and, then, and then you have this God moment, and you go, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm not sure what to do with it. But once again, I typically did what I normally do when God speaks to me. The first place I went is I went to go look in the Bible. That's me. I'm a nerd. I, 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 went, I went and I looked in the Bible. Okay, where's the word anchor in the Bible? That's significant for me. Where's it at, God? And, and I found out that it's only in the Bible five times. And uh, one place is in Mark chapter 6, and it's where Jesus anchored, and the disciples got out, and, and they walked on land, and, and just miracles happened like crazy. And, it, and the Bible literally says in Mark 6 that every person that touched the hem of his garment was healed. Pretty good day, right? So maybe an anchor is good. The, the next spot was Acts 27. It's actually mentioned three times there. It, Paul is on a ship. They're leaving Fairhaven, which is a place of safety. They get in a storm, and the Bible says that they threw over four anchors. That's significant for where we're going next week, four anchors. They threw that over, and, uh, and basically that God saved their lives. Okay, And so then the last one is a verse that I think is, is probably more well-known, and we'll talk about it in a second, but it's Hebrews chapter 6. So, so I looked at what the Bible said, and then I, I do the other thing I always do. I went and tried to define the word. God, what does the word mean? And uh, the word, obviously, we all know it means something that provides stability, confidence, and certainty. Something that provides stability, confidence, and certainty. So I said, all right, I got that out of the way, but Lord, I'm still not convinced. 
you ever had those moments? So, so, so then Jen and I hop on a plane with our four kids, and, and we do something I never advise anybody to do. Well, I think we did it on the way back. We took a red, red-eye flight with four kids. That was stupid. <laughs> but, but we went to Oregon, and we went to not the, not the pretty part of Oregon. We went to the ugly part of Oregon <laughs> for family vacation where, no, it's ugly. And so, anyways, it's just like this dry dry, arid desert. Is that what y'all call it? Is that, is that right? So anyway, so it's just, so I'm there and I'm praying this prayer. God, give me a confirmation. I'm asking that. God, give me confirmations. If you understand anything about me, I'm big on that. I got 26 confirmations that she was supposed to be my wife. I'm a little hard-headed. So, <laughs> so, I'm, so to understand, I'm in the place where I think there's one river, but there's not a lot of water. In fact, they have a river there. I have to tell you this just because it's so ignorant. It's, uh, it's called like it's called that Big Willie River, something like that, right? And and the river, no joke. I, I I had to pull I had to pull the car over because here's what I did with the river. It's that big. It's called a river, and it's that wide. No, anyways. So anyway, so I'm in a place where I, there's absolutely no water. You know, you walk here, you see anchors everywhere, right? What confirmation is really that? But when you go to a desert and you begin to get confirmations. Okay, Lord. And, and then, so then fast forward, there were some other ones that, you know, just in random places that I didn't expect. But, but here's the one I really want to talk about today. When I got back from Morgan, I walked into my office one day, and, and I'm this kind of guy, and this is sometimes why I'm not, I'm like trying to nail jello to a wall sometimes because I get so, you know, squirrel moments. I, I just kind of go everywhere in my mind. But, but I was in my office one day, and the thought hit me. And if you walk with God long enough, sometimes those thoughts are God-inspired, right? And, 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 I, and I heard God, well, basically I heard the thought, do a Google search of history of anchors. Okay, I got this computer in my office that I don't use because it's so outdated. So there's no history of me researching here on this thing. So I, I, I don't, I mean, literally, some, most days it wasn't even turned on. I just use my iPad. But so I got on Google and I typed in um, history of anchors. That's it. And the first thing that popped up from the Google search on the top was history of anchors in Christianity. And I went, okay, because my faith was, I'm about to read about some German scientist <laughs> that, that, you know, whatever, that created the first anchor from XYZ metal. I didn't have a whole lot of faith in the thing, right? And so that thing popped up, and here's what I found out. Watch this. Here's what I started reading. It said this. It said the first century symbol, so we're talking about the first, basically the Christian symbol for the first 400 years of Christianity wasn't the cross, it was the anchor. I went, okay. (laughs) Remember that prayer I prayed, God bring us back to biblical Christianity. And you can't get more biblical Christianity than first century Christianity. And then it, it continued, it said, and this is a guy, he was trying to describe the times. He said, he said, if I'm a first century Christian and I'm hiding in the catacombs of three of my, and three of my best friends have just been thrown to the lions and burned at the stake or crucified and set ablaze as torches of the Emperor Nero, Nero's garden parties, one of Nero's garden parties, the symbol that most encourages me in my faith was the anchor. When I see it, I'm reminded that Jesus is my anchor. So let me maybe say this. As I kept reading, what I realized is the Greek word ankora, that, that's where we get the word anchor from, actually was a symbol of, watch this, of hope. And once again, remember what I prayed. 
So what happened was, is they were saying this, that here's Nero. If you know anything about Nero, church history tells us that this guy was killing so many Christians that in the, the stadium where they would fight, right, where lions would go kill them, that up to knee high, it would be blood. You understand that you would wade knee high in blood. So this guy's really evil. So, so these guys were using the anchor. Obviously, there's part of it that has the symbol of the cross on it. But they were trying to say this, that, yeah, Nero's killing all of us. But guess what? We have this hope, Hebrews chapter 6, that Jesus is the anchor of our soul. So we know that they're killing us. But, man, this isn't our future. Our hope is in Christ. Are you all with me today? So, so even as I continue to read, I saw that there was a group of archaeologists just at one cemetery from the first century, from that time period, they found over 70 tombstones of believers where they put an anchor and with a message of hope on it. That's pretty cool, y'all, right? And, and so, so for me, as you can imagine, I about fell out of my chair. I was so in shock, so in, so in shock that all, there was all these little things along the way, but, but then God just dumped a surprise on me that I would never guess in a thousand years and, and at that point, I went, okay, God, I think I'm convinced. Because at this point, I hadn't really said anything to anybody, right? I mean, it was like, and so here's what's so cool. I thought, well, maybe, because the Internet can be tricky, maybe that's somebody making that up, okay? So back in, was it back in August, I was in my old hometown with my first pastor. I was sitting down talking, and I was just telling him, and I told him that, I just told you. He goes, yeah. Like, you idiot. <laughs> like, you didn't know that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, this guy is like a church history, like, buff, right? And, and so for me, it was almost like, here's a guy that I've trusted. And God was like, okay, there's you, there's you some proof. You can trust him. And then, so then one day when I, when I came back from that trip, man, my wife hooked me up. She put uh, bookshelves in my office. She, go in there. She did an awesome job. Awesome job. And so she didn't do it by herself. It was awesome. So dad, thanks. So Michael, thanks. He's not here, but thanks. Uh, Receive that. Thanks. So they did the bookshelves, but I come in and and the books are everywhere because she knows I I need to arrange them the way I want them to. Smart woman. Smart woman. So anyway, so I'm in the process and I'm organizing all that. And I got this book because I got some books I've never even looked at. Right. And so, but it said Rome Catacombs. Something like that. That rhymes, doesn't it? Anyway, so I picked the book up, and I just opened it up. It's curiosity. And I looked down at the first page, and it said, Anchor, doom, 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 hope, boom, 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 boom. I was like, I'm done, Jesus. <laughs> I'm done. Are, are you all following me today? And so, and so here's what's funny is I've tr- I tried for a significant amount of time this week to find that book. I couldn't even find it. And um, it just, anyways... But, I mean, how crazy to open a book, first page, boom, there it is. Jesus answers a prayer. He works like that a lot with me, by the way. So, all right, so let me fast forward here. So, so after all that, man, really it just came down to a timing deal. It is, okay, could, could I work up the nerve to tell the board? <laughs> right? Jesus is saying, holy crap. You know, so it's like, I think God. And so, anyways, what's so awesome, man, man, listen, if you don't appreciate our leadership team, please tell them because they're amazing men. I love the fact that, you know, I brought it up. They didn't freak out. They didn't. And in that meeting, here's probably my favorite highlight from that meeting is my number one concern was, was once again, what would Pastor Brian think? 
Because once again, the honor piece. We, we, I tried to connect. We couldn't connect before that meeting. And so he's kind of caught off guard, I'm sure, in the meeting. And I love the fact that he just simply said this, that, you know, I don't have uh, some affinity towards the name. And, uh, and he said this, and this is just wisdom and maturity. He said, after everything we've been through as a church, and you guys know, he said, I think it's evident that God's doing a new thing in a new season. It's probably good to get a new identity and a new start. Amen. So it was done. So we decided to change the name. Here you go. We decided to change the name from Celebration Life Family Church to now it's called the Anchor Church. That simple. The Anchor Church. And so, so you know, once again, it goes back to the question, what in the world does the anchor have to do with our assignment? What does that have to do with our assignment? Once again, we're talking about the anchored life. I heard this the other day. I heard somebody said this, and we'll throw it up. They said this, an anchor is only as secure as that to which it is fastened to. Man, so accurate. So, so listen, we live in a day where people are anchoring their lives in the temporary things of this world. Man, is that not so true? It's like they anchor their lives in their job. They anchor their lives in their education. They anchor their lives in their money. They anchor their lives in family and friends. They anchor their life in what CNN and Fox News tells them. Right? right? I'm telling you, but, but, but here's what I came to tell you today. Not us. Not us, amen, that, that we're going to anchor ourselves into, we're going to sink our lives into, we're going to grab a hold uh, of Jesus because that's where the anchor life is at, right? That's secure, it's stable. Listen to what the Bible says. I told you we were going to read it. Hebrews six nineteen simply says this. It says, this hope we have as a, what? As an anchor. Can we say it like we mean it? As a of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us. I love that verse. So what this verse is basically telling us, once again, that we are anchored into Jesus, that Jesus is the anchor of our soul. And so if you kind of back up and get what does that mean, let me just tell you today, it means that we're anchoring ourselves into the Word of God. Right? We're anchoring ourselves into the word that holds the universe together, that we are anchoring ourselves into the one who is the miracle working God. We are anchoring ourselves into the one that provides all things. We're anchoring ourselves. I'm just going to read a whole lot to you here. The, the wonderful counselor. We're anchoring ourselves into the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. We're anchoring ourselves to one who is grace and truth, merciful and kind. We're anchoring ourselves into the perfect expression of love and the definition of holiness. That we're anchoring ourselves into the author and the finisher of our faith, the one who came to bring life and life more abundantly as we continually say we anchor ourselves into one who conquered hell in the grave we're anchoring ourselves into one that bore our stripes so that we might be healed right the savior of the world the king of kings the lord of hosts uh the lord of lords the alpha the mega the one who is and is to come guys we are anchoring ourselves into that and so is it so so as far as our mission listen that is we live the anchored life right Right? As we live in the anchored life, guess what? That we are inviting people, and our goal, our mission is to invite people and to lead people into living that anchored life as well. It's that simple, right? So here's what we're going to do. Next week, we're going to tell you how we're going to do it. We're gonna start, that's what we're going to start talking about the rest of it. How are we going to do that? Because that's a big task. And, and I want everybody to understand this. I, I realize today is unique. It's almost like taking your, uh, your 13-year-old kid and changing his name. I get that, Right? But there's that side here that it's like, okay, Jesus, I, you know, this morning in prayer, I played this song because I was, I was uh, actually going, going yesterday to Kim's house, getting my hair cut because uh, she told me I needed one last week. And so, uh, so she told me to make an appointment, so we made an appointment. Um, so anyways, but, but I was listening to this song yesterday, and I'm like, man, God, that marked so much 
how I feel in this season. Because once again, it's so easy to get beat up by the devil. It's so easy to doubt. It's so easy to let people's opinions, you you know, just wreck you, right? And and so anyways, there's a line in a song that simply said this. And this girl is like declaring this like nobody's business. She says, there is a yes in our hearts and it carries through eternity. Simple obedience, it changes everything. I love that. So anytime God speaks, God, there's a yes in our hearts. God's simple obedience. I don't understand it. Don't get how it's going to be done. But simple obedience, God, I believe it's going to change history. And I believe today in Jesus' name that what we're talking about today may seem small. It may seem, I don't know what it seems like. But at the end of the day, I believe it's going to change the history. Not this church, but I believe it's going to change it of the region. Amen. Can you stand to your feet? Worship team, go ahead and come up, please. So today, as I take my drink of water, over the next, um, listen, over the next few months, man, our church is going to change um, in some pretty awesome ways. And, uh, and so everything's not going to happen on one Sunday. We're, we're going to take our time. We're going to explain it. We're going to communicate it. And we're going to, and we're going to slowly change because the last thing we want to do is, uh, is, is sling somebody off the wagon. All right? So, uh, but, but once again, today I just simply want to end with this. Uh, I want to pray and, uh, and just say, Jesus, uh, we're going with you. And then I want to ask people in this place today, if you've never uh, anchored your life into Jesus. Uh, if, if you know, man, uh, you, you've anchored yourself into, uh, like we said, jobs, money, relationships, whatever, temporary things. And you know today, man, you need to anchor your life in Jesus. In other words, the language that we would use is you, you need to surrender your life to him. You need to make him the Lord and Savior of your life. Uh, we really want to give you the opportunity of that because the, the, the mission that we have in this region starts there. Uh, before we do anything else, it's got to begin there. So with just every head uh, bowed and every eye closed, uh, man, if you're here today and you know that you need to anchor your life into Jesus, man, just lift, uh, lift your hand, please. And that's uh, more for you than it is for me. But lift your hand, please. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. So listen, as a, as, a, as a family here that obviously majority of us have, have made that decision, man, we're, we're standing on Jesus. Uh, let's just say this out loud, just in agreement with those people. Let's say this prayer and, uh, and let's just make Jesus the Lord of our life. Let's say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you first and foremost to forgive me for anchoring my life into so many different things. Father, today, I ask you to help me to anchor my life into you. So today, I confess that Jesus is Lord. I confess that Jesus died and rose again for me. And Father, I thank you that all my past does not disqualify me from receiving what he's done for me. So today, I believe with all my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. I thank you that you will empower me by the Holy Spirit.
to live the anchored life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Everybody just lift your hands. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for our church family, Lord, and I thank you for just uh, the exciting things that you're doing in our church. And Father, I just ask that today, God, that just as one body, as one family, uh, that we say, God, yes. That God, that there's a yes in our hearts. There's a yes in our hearts. God, in simple obedience, God, we thank you that it changes history. So, Lord, today we just say, God, we're not going to sit down and and, and complain. But, Lord, we're going to simply just grab a hold of you and we're going with you in Jesus' name. We're going with you in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for a new beginning. Thank you that this is a new season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.